Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. Uh, we are continuing to talk about uh, the first advent of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus coming into the world to save um, sinners from sin and from the wrath of God and from hell and from death and from the devil. And what we've been doing is we've been going through these Christmas carols. Um, this was actually, you had mentioned this, I think you mentioned this like two or three Christmases in a row. Hey, we should do, you know, Christmas carols. And, and this is actually the first time we're getting around to it. Well, there's such rich theology throughout them, and, you know, that you can, you realize these are themes from scripture that um, preach and teach and uh, communicate. So yeah. uh, that's one of the things about a Christmas carol. It's really actually quite a dangerous thing to be listening to carols if you are alien to the the truths of God. Yeah, well, it's one of the ways that it's actually a, a, a massive means of grace. In the book of Colossians, it talks about let the, the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching then, one another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And it's like, man, at Christmas time, there's such a concentration of the, I mean, look, I, I know that you guys, uh, you guys have great theological songs, you know, all year long. And, um, but Christmas, it's just so focused. It's like a magnifying glass on these truths, and it's so precious. So we're looking today at O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you notice that Jonathan could barely do Silent Night yesterday without doing the tune? I, I wonder, can you actually read this <laughs> <laughs> without yeah. humming at the same time? <laughs> I I am not a singer, You're... but... I don't know why I was making reference the other day in, in one of my Advent sermons to the song Father Abraham, the kid's song. <laughs> I'm starting to laugh. <laughs> and, and, and I found myself, by the time Father I was Abraham. done, I was singing from the pulpit. Yeah, and I horrified it? myself. It's pretty scary. It's happened before. I, I noticed that the next week, half the congregation didn't show up for church. So I, I think there's a direct... Unre- unrelated. Unrelated. There's, there's that. Uh, okay. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer, our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and close the, the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, 
who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times did give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Mm. So one of the dominant themes of the, the song is just this title, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. First prophesy in um, the book of Isaiah, I think chapter seven, uh, and the virgin shall um, give birth and they shall call him Emmanuel. That's what uh, the gave. That's your, that's your chorus. And, you know, in each one of these, they, they refer to, you know, Latin, these are the O antiphones. And an antiphone is a devotional composition um, which is prayed and sung responsively. And uh, they actually, you know, we, you read through five of these old antiphones. There's actually seven of them. It's a, it's a medieval hymn. I mean, this is a, this goes way back I th- to medieval times. I think time. it was a chant, mm-hmm. yeah. a non-musical chant at right. one and, point. Yeah, they, they, you know, you do I do? No, no. Actually, <clears throat> and actually, there went half our listeners. <laughs> you know, um, it. You know, th- this is a. It's part of a medieval liturgy, and um, what happened back then was each day of the week, and there were seven of them. Each day of the week, they would, um, they would chant this or uh, song chant this uh, particular responsive verse as a as a prayer uh, leading up to. Christmas, and so um, the whole thing builds. Uh, there's a there was an actually a medieval order to this that you know in Latin sapientia wisdom Adonai Lord of might Radix Jesse root of Jesse mm-hmm. uh, Clavis David key of David Orion's day spring uh, Rex Gentium uh, king of nations and then Emmanuel. And that order was important because. In, in in an acrostic, in reverse, it actually was an mm. answer. Tomorrow I come, or I shall be with you tomorrow, mm. is what Eros Crass uh, was, what it was in Latin. So they're singing come. The reverse of that is I'm coming. Mm. I'll be with you tomorrow. And mm. to me, this is one of the most Advent of the Advent songs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the one where it's all about anticipation. Right. Um, of the, it's really grabbing just a whole host of Old Testament prophecies and promises and and putting it together. Um, some have accused me of of that this is my favorite um, Christmas carol. I actually don't think it is, but it it is one of my favorites. It's um, it's got to be in the Advent season a yes, favorite because, yes. as you say, this is the anticipatory anticipatory uh, <clears throat> carol, and this is what Advent is about. We we think about Advent as those uh, four Sundays before uh, Christmas Sunday Christmas comes, and in those four Sundays, you're anticipating the arrival both of in the incarnation and also. Uh, a reminder that he is coming again. That's you know we're already we're living kind of between that already and 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 not yet. Um, so uh, Christ's first coming gives us a reason to rejoice again and again, and yet we still know everything's not right with the world. And so along with this rejoicing, we plead these names of Christ um, that he would come again and perfectly fulfill the the promise that darkness is going to be turned to light. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing about his names. The names of Jesus um, in the in the scripture have so much significance because each one of them reveals a a different aspect of his character or, or uh, a different aspect of what he came to do for us. And the name Emmanuel, um, 
his name, th- this name actually reveals like uh, the very heart of the covenant of grace, uh, God with us. I mean, yeah. the promise in scripture is that I will be your God and you will be my people. And the way that God has done that is by sending his son into the world. And so right. this name, and, yeah. and um, one of the precious things about the name is that Jesus didn't put on flesh just temporarily to do this work. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. always going to be God with us forever. Well, <clears throat> oftentimes we talk about Isaiah 7 as being the Emmanuel promise. Um, I actually think you have to go back further um, to Genesis 3.15. I, I, think, I really think that when God said that the seed of the woman was going to de- defeat the seed of the, of the serpent, um, that was the Emmanuel promise. Yeah. Because the only right. way that that could happen is for, for God to come and dwell among us, to, right. for the God-man to, to come and, and defeat um, Satan, because it's in the it's in the the same nature that committed the offense that also has to to pay for that offense, mm-hmm. and we weren't going to do it. Yeah. Um. And so mm-hmm. that was really when and when could, Emmanuel was promised. And neither could um even if there was hypothetically a a perfect man that was born, that perfect man couldn't redeem us from our sins. He uh, could only redeem right. himself. Right. I mean, so it had to be a very specific mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the the first uh, stanza here says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. How was Israel captive? Uh, was it in more ways than one? What what captivity would they be freed from? I, th- I think they thought their biggest captivity were all of the times throughout their history that they had been literally taken captive by other nations or mm-hmm. had been overthrown. Um, and that actually and is, that happened repeatedly yes, in, <laughs> in Israel's history. Yes, um, and the current captivity for them was was under the oppressive rule of of the Romans, and so I think for them they saw in this um, all of these promises of a coming king of a release, just like they had seen all throughout their Old Testament history that mm. they that they eventually would make it back to the land of promise would be released from the captivity of these hostile nations. Um, and I and think the reason they were, they were in captivity to those hostile nations is the problem that has been mm-hmm. from the beginning of time. You mentioned, you mentioned the Emmanuel promise. The promise comes after sin enters into the world, and that's the, the captivity, the bondage that everybody is in is in, to sin. And Israel as a nation would have experienced um, – certain national punishment because of that bondage to sin because every, you know as the book of judges points out everybody did what was right in their own eyes mm-hmm. um this is the this is the problem where where sin goes you know deep into our our lives we're in captivity and we live in a broken and fallen world and so um actually that's the longing of every heart really is that you know god has put eternity in our heart ecclesiastes says we long to be free mm-hmm. we long to be uh, to 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 return home uh, and that home is the one that god had prepared for those who love him mm-hmm. the reality is that we're all born captive to sin mm-hmm. and we spend our whole lives outside of Christ, trying to make the captivity as as pleasant as it possibly can be. Mm-hmm. But we can't ever do away with the sense that we're actually captive. It's what Neil Postman referred to as amusing ourselves to death. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, 
And we need to, mm-hmm. or otherwise it's too much for us. Um, the the burden of, of recognizing that we are actually not in control, that sin controls us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we do as fallen humanity is, is we fill our life with all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be... Um, the amusements of life. Sometimes it's 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 not things that are very amusing at all. It's yeah. it's things that we're 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 literally putting ourselves well, under well, we're the bondage of things. Either trying to dull our senses to yes. the reality, or we're trying to um, busy ourselves so we don't think about the reality. And and it here you you have this incredible promise in the first stanza that no, God's coming to set us free. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the promise is that those that the sun sets free are free indeed. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so sad when you look at those outside of Christ that look at at, at us that are in Christ, and they they feel this sense of pity for us, mm-hmm. like oh, there's so much you can't do. Mm-hmm. There's so much that you had to give away. Um, and the reality is, I've never given anything away that. I didn't really want to give away. Except for your bondage, your <laughs> slavery to sin, your bitterness, your I mean, all those things yes. that the scripture says Jesus frees us from. But I don't I don't miss that those things that that so many from outside of Christ would look at and say, Oh, you've got to be miserable as a Christian. And then I realize, oh, they don't get it. Yeah. Um, they don't get the freedom that we possess in Christ. They don't get the 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 reality of what redemption really means. So in, um, so in this um, in these antiphones, you know these prayers, you know, for us as Christians, we're we're mourning the brokenness of this fallen world, but we're not mourning as those that don't uh, that have no hope. In fact, we that that refrain, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you. Um, this is we embrace that waiting and we rejoice with hope in our Emmanuel who has come and will come again. Amen. Well, we will see you next time here on the Gospel for Life.